Ian Eisenberg, you're not gonna you if you are a person who listens to us who does not live in Seattle, you do not know who this is. And it's possible that if you do live in Seattle, you don't know who Ian Eisenberg is. You should Eisenberg know who is. he is though, if especially if you live in a city where they're doing marijuana legalization. Yeah. Ian Eisenberg is Uncle Ike. Yeah. Um and he has forced um one of the bars specifically in our neighborhood, right here where Patrick and I live, out of their establishment. He is a neighbor lady? Yeah, he's kicked the neighbor lady they're out of their now? Yeah, they're kicked out of their space uh, beginning at the end of February. They're being they're essentially being evicted by Eisenberg. Why? Um, well, interesting question. It's possible that it's just Eisenberg attempting to capitalize on some of the large amount of real estate he's accumulated in the central district over time. What is more likely is that Eisenberg is uh, being reactionary against um, the ownership of the neighbor lady hanging out with progressive uh, political activists. Whoa. See, that's fucking wild. See, this is I should be reason, reading more Capitol Hill blog again. Because this is definitely <laughs> probably in Capitol Hill blog. It right very now. well might be. But what I, what I can tell you for sure is that um, uh, Ian Eisenberg, again, owner of Uncle Ike's. Um, so if you buy weed at Uncle Ike's, I would inc- strongly encourage you to reconsider. Um, yeah, don't buy it. Especially yeah. like... Especially right there. You can go to Ponder. Yeah, Ponder it's is like literally, literally right just... There. Over, like, across the street. And if you're on 15th, go to Ruckus. Easy. Just, Just go to Ruckus. Go to Ruckus. Go their, to employee, the... their employees might be dicks, but Yo, you're, not, you work... you're not supporting Ian Eisenberg. If you work at service like I do, the Reef offers an industry discount if you have it's like your... 40%, right? Yeah, it's, it's pretty substantial. If you just have, like, a schedule or a paycheck... They'll give you, like, a massive discount. Anyway, Eisenberg has kicked the neighbor lady out of their space, probably because he was associating with uh, progressive and socialist influencers in this community who um, were operating out of a nearby coffee shop. Um, Eisenberg was an open supporter of Egan O'Ryan and uh, is known as a conservative voice in Seattle's political movement. No, he's not a great dude. And but anyways, I the the guy is the guy is not good. I mean like um 23rd and Union is a place where a lot of people have been arrested in the past for selling marijuana and this guy now has the audacity to sell marijuana on that corner legally and make all this money off of it. And he's just, he's not good for this city. He's, he's a not. bad, bad dude. And, like, he pals around with e- the Egon Orion and, like, the, the safe Seattle types. He's, Egon Orion is Jeff Bezos' his candidate. I think he was also John Stanton, the owner of the Mariners' candidate. Yeah. Uh, People for Seattle Pack. Uh, all that shit where they essentially, a bunch of co- companies calling themselves People for Seattle were trying to buy Seattle City Council and still took an L to Kashama Sawan. Right. So, and what's worth noting about that 23rd and Unit intersection, it's um, very close to where I live. It's very close to where you live. Mm-hmm. And that this neighborhood in which we live is the formerly Red Line District of Seattle. Yeah. Um, where it was the only place that a black family could buy property. It had very little in the way of civic support. It had very little in the way of amenities. Almost no money went into it. And I will say that on my own end, like, I am obviously a gentrifier. Like, right. I'm... Yeah. I am... I have, to, I have to live with the reality that I am one of these people. 
but I am not a gentrifier on the level of Ian fucking Eisenberg, who decided to open a weed shop on one of the most historically... In one of the most historically black districts where people were regularly arrested for selling drugs, and then he opened an actual store when the law allowed for him to sell drugs there legally, despite not having any real connection to the city, and mostly just buying up property in order to sell it at a profit later. Yeah, um, That's what he's doing with the uh, old gas station. You can go down there right now. It's um, on. It's right around 21st and Union. Yeah. There's an old gas station with a taco truck and uh, some benches. It's actually very nice. Yeah. And if Eisenberg had any fucking clue what he was doing and how to relate to the community, that would be the only thing it ever was. Would be a little nice public park space that used to be something. And yeah. now is just benches and a nice place to eat lunch and brings yeah. in some food trucks. But it's never going to be that because the second he has a chance, because you can't sell an old gas station until, I don't know, something like six years out, ten years out. The only thing he's ever going to do is flip it and turn it into fucking condos or something. Right. The guy's a piece of shit. Um, when I found out about this, I almost ordered 400 t-shirts that just said Ian Eisenberg is a piece of shit to distribute around to people I knew. That's not even a joke. Like, I have a... It's in my search history. I almost did that. (laughs) (laughs) I almost almost spent, like, $800 on Ian Eisenberg as a piece of shit t-shirts before I realized I could not afford this. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Not not a great dude. Yeah. I... Just kind of evil, shitty, just... Gross. And now he's doing this to neighbor lady, which is like... And not even doing it because it's necessary for his own business plans but out of some sort of reactionary bullshit man fuck that dude fuck ian eisenberg ian eisenberg is a piece of shit that guy's a bum Hey everybody, this is All Sports Are Bad. I am Patrick on the internet. And I am Jake Whipple. So, uh, justice is being doled out in baseball land? Um, by superheroes. Rob Manfred, (laughs) a.k.a. Super Suspension Man. Super Suspension Man is doing suspensions. It's pretty fucking funny. It's kind of entertaining, actually. I, I generally don't like the office of Major League Baseball. (laughs) 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 But this is like, I think they, I... Some some are complaining it's not harsh enough. Um, I mean, a full year suspension from baseball, which was which was the uh, penalty handed down to uh, Astros manager AJ Hinch and general manager Jeff Luno. Um, they yeah they've been suspended from baseball for one year and then fired. Um, yeah. Which, I mean, being told you can't do your job for a full year and also losing your job that's that's actually pretty severe. That's pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. for. I mean, A.J. Hinch didn't even really, like, orchestrate the plot. No, he just let it happen. My understanding is that he knew about it and was like, this is dumb, but we're winning games, though. (laughs) (laughs) And and it was really Alex Cora, apparently, was, like, the mastermind behind all the cheatering. That is the word on the street. Uh, Cora is the manager of the Red Sox. Or, I should say, was the manager of the Red Sox. He was he fired, fired yesterday. Before they even handed out the justice. Yeah, he's, he has not yet actually been punished by Major League Baseball. Um, but he has been fired by the Red Sox. Um, and he was probably the guy who came up with the whole plan in the first place. Yeah. 
Uh, what do you think about the idea that people are talking about? Because they want title the title uh, vacated. That is the dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard. I agree. Because once you start going back in time and yeah. like taking stuff away, it doesn't do anything. Well, this is just like how Reggie Bush didn't actually win that national title. Like, we all... Yes, I he saw did. Him do it. I watched him do it. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like, just because, yeah, just because they vacated all that USC stuff doesn't mean that Aaron Rodgers and Cal get to go back <laughs> and go to the Rose Bowl in their play. No. They just, do- it just doesn't happen. It's over. Yeah. yeah, it's the same thing, like, vacating wins that the NCAA loves to do. Like, well, actually, all your wins are losses now. Yeah, which... No, not really they're not. Like that doesn't. You didn't create an alternative outcome in any degree. You just are saying retroactively. Actually, you lost all those games. Yeah. But the teams who actually played in them can't go back and win them. So th- what is yep. the point of this? The Dodgers. I know that they're going to be Dodgers fans. That yep. are like, well, actually, we're the World Series champions, <laughs> and because then the Red Sox also cheated, we're the double World Series champions. No, you're not. You're not any World Series champions. You're the Dodgers. You last won in '88. I think I saw a story where like some Dodgers fan was like trying to file a class action lawsuit to like get the Dodgers World Series championships. Like, no, dude, you lost those. Yeah. Take your L. It's okay to take this. Everyone loses, man. Just let it go. Let it go. Now, it's like you're giving yourself more grief by having to revisit the losses that you've already taken <laughs> from the past. <laughs> like, now you have to, like, think more about how they hurt you. And yeah. it's like, just don't do it. Just, just let, you let lost it, and you lost. Let lost. it go. It's fine. We're taking yeah. care of a puppy right now. Yeah. No, he's uh, tearing around here. Where'd he go? Yeah, so the uh, so Hinch and Luno 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 I think it is Luno, yeah. Luno um, were suspended and fired, um, and they have both put out statements um, about their firing. Hinch um, actually, his statement basically apologizes for complicity in a thing where he th- kind of implies that he wasn't fully on board but didn't do anything to yeah. stop it. Um, whereas Luno is basically like, I didn't do it. This is wrong. You're all bad. Everyone is bad but me. Um, I, yeah. I really like that Rob Mann for the the MLB office uh, also made it clear that it isn't, it's like, it's not just the cheating. It's also like your organization is very toxic. Yeah. <laughs> like the guys that you hire are dicks and the people that run your team are dicks and the guys that play on your team, some of them are really, really bad people. Yeah. And so maybe like you guys need to like reevaluate your situation. So the owner was like, "Okay," <laughs> and then fired them. Yeah, and that's... Well, there was a there was a little bit of um, speculation about whether or not the um, Osuna and uh, what's his name the uh, yeah the, the the guy the guy who did the thing the guy who did the bad thing yeah, the guy yeah. who yelled what was his fucking people? name I keep forgetting his yeah. name too. It was um, a... It was a while ago since he was in the uh, news and on our podcast. We're like, we talked about him on our podcast. Yeah, but he, like, basically, there's a, there's more than a little implication that it was actually in no small part due to his, uh, like, his outbursts and things that he said about Osuna. Like, the whole bringing on of Osuna was gross anyway. Taubman? Taubman. Whatever. Tubman. 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 Yeah, Brandon Tubman uh, yelled a bunch of bullshit about, um, being happy that Pablo Osuna was there, despite the fact that Pablo Osuna beat the hell out of his spouse. And there's... It's definitely entirely plausible that part of this, um, the severity of this penalty comes from just that 
aspect of their organization. Going out and signing Osuna when no one else was going to do it because of the severity of what he had done. Yeah. And then an executive fucking bragging about it to a group of reporters, all women, who were wearing uh, anti-domestic violence uh, paraphernalia. Yeah. So, that's cool. Yeah. What a, what a cool <laughs> organization. Yeah. Which is, like, why I don't feel, like, I don't feel bad about thinking that this is, like, justice. Like, yeah. like the, Roy Oswalt went on a tangent about, like, oh, the, like, they let people, like, make millions of dollars and, br- and break records or whatever on steroids, but this is cheating. It's, like, it's just the organization is bad. It's cheating and the organization is bad. There's just... Yeah. It's a bunch of people causing damage to an institution that has more than enough of its own problems yeah. to figure out. It doesn't need this one, too. It's hilarious that Roy Oswalt of right. Roger Clemens' teammate is, <laughs> doesn't think that he made money off of someone else doing steroids. It's like, hmm, I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if those uh, playoff shares uh, yeah. do those so, like, count. And so a lot of uh, commentators felt that the severity of the penalties was a little bit surprising. Um, Although uh, Manfred in his office had at one point stated they were... I think they're on record as saying that if they could catch and prove that someone had uh, been stealing signs via a video camera, they would suspend them for a year. So the penalty isn't fully out of left field's trash can. Hey yo, there you go. You didn't. You hated that. You did not like that at all. <laughs> it's like someone else made a, a a pretty good joke on Twitter that the trash can that they were banging on was actually Pablo's. You know. <laughs> I'm like after that after that trash can joke. It's just like all the other trash can jokes are like ah. That's, was that's a lot try. better than yeah, mine. I didn't see that one. Yeah, it was, Damn it. The internet, you know. Um, what, what, what won't they say? <laughs> <laughs> They'll say everything they can. Um, so yeah, we're still waiting to hear what's actually going to happen to Alex Cora in the long haul. Um, I, I see banning. I You think he'll be fully banned from baseball? Yeah, why not? I feel, <laughs> like if the guy who just kind of knew about it is getting is getting suspended for a year and fired, then the guy who orchestrated it is getting banned. Yeah. And yeah, like, no, that makes sense to me. Dude, the MLB commissioner's office, the the just the MLB office in general, they're not they don't care about these like younger managers. <laughs> you know what? If it was like if it was Bobby Cox who did that shit, you know, they would be like, "Oh man. <laughs> Half a season for Bobby." But, you know, yeah. it's Alex Cora. They're like, yeah. "Fuck this guy. Who cares? <laughs> who cares about this idiot?" I Carlos, mostly, I Carlos remember... Beltran and Alex Cora. <laughs> the fuck out of here. I must remember Alex Cora from being like a mediocre second baseman for the White Sox. Yeah, I, like, I remember yeah, he was he won all around like the the AL, the AL Central and then it wound up on the Red Sox like a, just a second baseman with a decent glove and it was like before people really knew that like you probably should have a good on-base percentage. <laughs> <laughs> and I think he had like a league average one, you know. People thought that it was fine that he hit 270, which is nice, but you should probably get on base more. I don't know. You know, if your batting average is 270, your on base percentage is 273, I'm not really sure what you're accomplishing. <laughs> yeah, you're just you're just that at that point. <laughs> yeah. You just kind of suck. Yeah. Um, he should have been cheating that. <laughs> yeah. So there's been, like, a little bit of comparison uh, between this and steroid scandals and, like, the failure of the commissioner's office to act during the steroid scandals versus this. 
And I think, honestly, there's an amount of the punishment that comes from just trying to preempt that level of backlash. Yeah. That, like, you have, to, you have to get out ahead of this, sort of, of this sort of thing, especially if you're baseball right now, so that people don't view your sport as a bunch of tainted, like, records uh, uh, gotten through, we'll say, unsavory means. Yeah, I... I think, like, steroids is different because it was, like, Bud Selig was just out there profiting off of it. Yeah. Like, they all knew. Every single, like, team knew. It Like, if you read their Mitchell part, it's just impossible to not know <laughs> all those guys were doing steroids. And that's just what the one report could find. Yeah. Because there's still the Balco scandal overall, and, like, mm-hmm. all the names dropped in that, all the names dropped in all the other things. Like... They all knew. That's why it was bad. This is like apparently just a few teams, maybe more. Who knows? I guess they're gonna. I would say it's every team. I think it's every team. Every team's doing the doing some form of like doing camera planting. They're doing something like that. Yes. Oh, cool. Oh, wow. Even if they're not using it in uh, in game, which like the thing the Astros and the Red Sox are accused of is doing it in game. Um, and I'm not saying every team is doing that. That they're not transmitting a live video feed in order to tip pitches real time. But I guarantee every single team is using some sort of camera setup in order to get a get a head start on sign stealing in game. Right, 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 right. So, and I don't like you can draw a line there wherever you want. Like, and I think there is one that exists. Yeah. But there's no like there is no doubt in my mind that like teams watch game tape, right? And you have yeah. some, like you could just have a guy who sits there and watches a live feed who sees signs go down when there's a runner on second base and then takes notes and then passes those notes along to the dugout so that when you get that guy on second base against a given team, you have an, you have a head start decoding those signs. Yeah, I, I don't know. I see that like because that's kind of just like watching tape though, right? That's like. Sure. It's like watching a ba- baseball, because like, I see the signs when I'm watching a baseball game. Right, right. I mean, I'm not decoding, because I don't care that much, yeah. <laughs> but like, I see the signs. So it's like, it's really like, is that cheating if it, it just feels like scouting, if you're looking at the signs? I yeah, think theoretically. The, the, re- like, the real the... time, like, I am relaying the sign, like, right there and then to get the pitch that's about to happen. That's one billion percent cheating, obviously, but yeah. looking at it before, like... Going through all of the other team's signs the day before you go to, like, Cincinnati and just looking through all Cincinnati's signs, basically using the exact footage from MLB.com, you know? Yeah. The game footage, like, <laughs> MLB at bat. Like, I don't know if that's cheating. Yeah, because you at least have to have a guy on yeah. second base. Yeah, you know? I think sign stealing is part of the game, but electronic sign stealing is definitely cheating. All right, well, I have a... So I have a childhood friend who played... Baseball up to what compared to most people is a high level and compared yeah. to most people who hit a high level of baseball is a low level. If that does that make I don't know if that makes sense. I think it does. I think it does, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but so even at that sort of minor tier of like high end baseball that he was at, you were taught instinctively to try and create a competitive advantage anywhere you could. Um, stealing signs, watching for tips, doing anything you could to be able to set everyone else up to know what was going to happen or know what someone else was planning or anything like that. And, uh, but that mindset, like, so what I would say too, is that mindset doesn't have like some sort of, uh, definitive stopping point. Like there's an arbitrary end to it. 
and I'm not sure that it's easy to legislate where that line should actually fall. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I'm not saying that there isn't a point at which it is too far. I think there is, and I think what the Astros did is too far. But I'm not saying that the point at which it's too far is easy to find. Yeah. Um, like, like, where where does the end lie? Is it only in utilizing uh, technology during a given game? Or is it somewhere before that? Or is it somewhere slightly after that? Yeah, I feel like the, there is a line, because it's like when your second baseman gets on, or your your base runner gets on second, and he's just tipping pitches and shit like that, or he's, like, he's, he's tipping location and stealing signs and relaying it to the batter, I feel that's legal. Yeah. And a lot of people don't think that is legal. Like, I think Josh Beckett opposed... According to the, law, according to the rules of the game, it is legal. Yeah, but what happened, I think, in the 2002 World Series... Uh, Barry Bonds' father, Bobby Bonds, was in center field stealing signs with binoculars and relaying them to Barry. That's which hilarious. He didn't even fucking need it, dude. <laughs> you think that Barry Bonds was going to actually, actually needed this shit? He was smoking baseballs no matter what. <laughs> like, this, this is the dumbest thing that I ever heard. I'm like, why? He <laughs> would have crushed any of these. Like, you think Troy Percival's really, like, scaring Barry Bonds? Barry Bonds is more concerned that Kenny Lofton can't hit Troy Percival. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was just... That's definitely cheating. Yeah. So, and, we, so and we lost that World Series. <laughs> but so what I would say, too, is, like, one of the one of the questions that comes up there, and I, I realize I have a habit of, like, abstracting and doing this... Yeah. Like, doing this sort of thing. But in football, we have no issue with in-game live All-22 film being placed on... Um, the Microsoft Surface Tablet, the official Microsoft. sponsor of the NFL. <laughs> um, but yeah, like they literally beam down um, chopped footage of the All 22 to uh, the offense, the offensive coordinator, the quarterback, and offensive players, so they can review film in game and see coverage patterns. Um, wow. Yeah, like that's a, that is permissible apparently. That's wild. Yeah. So. I don't know what's wrong with having a guy watching the actual broadcast and mm-hmm. picking up on tips. Yeah, because it's not like they're putting a camera, like, let's install a center field camera. There is a center field camera. It's called the center field cameraman. Yeah. It's a, it's a guy with an actual job. Yeah. I guess you do have to install, like, a, your own camera. Well, I mean, because it's because you're cheating. But also because the the, the broadcast delay. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a there's got to be a broadcast delay, just in case one of the announcers says a swear. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> I just think they hire them specifically not to do that. You know, man, Dwayne Kuyper, the one of the voices of the Giants, will get housed during night games, <laughs> weekday night games, and a lot of times he does, well, he'll say, "Oh man, he took a huge shot," but instead he'll say, "Shit." Everyone's just like, and he's, you can tell he's like, "Oh, he's five whiskeys deep tonight." <laughs> the Giants are losing ten nothing. It's a four-hour game. He just wants to go home and eat fucking Trader Joe's mac and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> and you know he'll get he'll get drunk and say a few swears every once in a while. Huh. My point is really that, like, this is some sort of big argument about fairness, right? Like, the steroid ar- era was an argument about fairness. I mean, kind you know? of. Because everyone was doing steroids. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like, is this, this is fair? I, I don't really know. But, like, so, 
But even there, like you look at the Hall of Fame debates with steroid era guys, and they're think they're trying to uh, judge numbers that steroid players yeah. put up, not necessarily against the other players they were playing against, but against the entire history of the game, and then trying to judge whether or not those numbers are fair, whether or not some sort of adjusted number for the for inflation, you know, adjusted yeah. numbers for steroid inflation are fair. I just like to keep it the way it is and just be like, look, people were doing hella steroids back then. Yeah. Even the guys who didn't get like officially caught, you still played in the era. I kind of think that you did steroids. You almost certainly did. Like people are like, oh, Jeff Bagwell was clean. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. First of all, I don't care. It doesn't matter. His body, his choice. But also, shut up. Of course he wasn't <laughs> clean. Of course, Look, that's not a human body. I feel like body. Jeff Bagley- Bagwell is on the record saying he wasn't clean. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> People say he's like, oh, Jeff Bagwell is one of the clean ones. And I'm like, really? I don't you think I'm, that. Have you seen Jeff Bagwell? The I'm guy? pretty sure Jeff Bagwell was like, once went out and like actually said, oh, yeah, I did that. Oh, really? Yeah. Fuck. He I just don't... never got caught. He never was officially caught. By he people. got in the Hall of Fame, though. Yeah. But yeah. he also, like, you know, character clause. He admitted it to all of us. I... He, had the, he had the guts and the courage to come out after the fact. Right. <laughs> Barry Bonds, Barry Bonds also came out and said that he did it by saying he didn't do it. Yeah. Everyone should have known that that meant... <laughs> <laughs> we should have all just known. We all should have known this. We all just... Come on, guys. Yeah, like, there's no... Together. Barry Bonds yeah. totally did the steroids and it's fine. As far as the st- sign-stealing things goes, um, like, there's no, like, there's no question that baseball teams are always going to look for a way to steal signs. You want to know if a guy is, like, planning a suicide squeeze or something. Like, you want to yeah. know these things. Um, and anything you can do to get an advantage in knowing that is obviously what something you're going to pursue. Yeah. There's just a question of what the limits of that are. With this, with the pitch tipping, obviously, as an in-game process, that's I think that's what people have an issue with more than anything else. Like, I don't think anyone gives a shit that... You know, I brought up all these examples of uh, reviewing tape and looking at things yeah. uh, post facto and using them as uh, potential advantages in later matchups. I don't That's think just like anyone scouting. Yeah, yeah, no one like. I don't think anyone has a problem with that. Yeah, no one. Yeah, I think everyone's cool with that. I, it's 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 doing it in game and like you shouldn't even have a guy out there if you can't have a if it's a player who is in the field of play. You know, running the base paths, sending the signals, stealing the signs and sending them back, fine. Yeah. But if it's a guy who's not in play, who's not designated to be out there, who is figuring out whether or not it's a camera or anything else, relaying the signs, bad. So what we at All Sports Are Bad propose, add a 10th player to baseball, the sign stealer. What a great way to ruin, like, just absolutely destroy <laughs> baseball. Not that I would think that it matters that much, but, like, oh, my God. Like, old white people will fucking die. Are you trying to stop trying to kill old white people? <laughs> like, all the boomers will just fade away as soon as you say it. As soon as you, as soon as Rob Manfred, like, hits the Rob Manfred gavel or whatever he does to make a rule a thing. Also, uh, one of the defensive players is the assassin. Okay, see, you know, yeah, as soon as Rob Manfred makes that a ruling, goes, and so it was done. All of the boomers would just turn into dust. It'd be like Game of Thrones when all the White Walkers died. I feel like you're trying to make an argument against this, and I feel you do it. I I think I might be selling it. (laughs) All the boomers die. Uh, 
That's the, hey, if you're a boomer, we don't want you to die. <laughs> Just please be nicer to people. Just, but also retire. <laughs> be nice. Be nicer to people who uh, who don't have the same opportunities that you had. Yeah, like I'm tired of hearing about how I'm killing Applebee's. My- <laughs> <laughs> That's not my fault. They should do something besides microwave steak. <laughs> Stop killing Applebee. <laughs> How dare you? Have you ever had a Long Island iced tea from Applebee's? No. It's bad. <laughs> I believe that. Is there any alcohol in it? Yeah. You can only have two. Mm, okay. So then you have to, to get drunk, you have to go to multiple Applebee's. I mean, I will say that <laughs> no matter who you are or where you're going... Just as a general rule, you should only have two Long Island iced teas. Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't, I've never had more than one in one day. And it was always because someone else made me do it. Yeah, they're not... I don't know. A, a well-made Long Island iced tea is a tasty drink. Yeah. It's good. It goes down easy, and it will absolutely put a whole bunch of alcohol in your system very fast. I think the first night you ever bartended at uh, one of your jobs... Uh, a guy bought me, a guy that we both know bought me a Long Island iced tea. <laughs> that sounds right. But still. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. There's also, so there's a, I was, to finish this out, just sort of in what sort of I think about when I hear about this, is sort of the um, way in which technology and sports are trying to integrate themselves. Yeah. Like, because obviously, so again, I'm not arguing in favor that like everyone should just like stick a video camera in center field and like bang a trash can every time they know a fastball is coming. Only but, if it kills the the boomers. Only if it kills the boomers. <laughs> right. Uh, the, the other than re- reality, no, you shouldn't. We we don't want that as part of baseball. Yeah, but there's also definitely like a uh, uh, what is the word I want a. Um, I'm not going to get it. Regardless, a gray area. Yeah. No, but <laughs> yeah. there's like a sort of conflagration now of technology and sport where sport has off has like for some time operated outside the bounds of tech like technology where it just exists yeah. on the field and then technology has caught up to a point where now we want to figure out how to integrate what we've done with tech mm-hmm. and um and uh these, you know, medical advancements and all these things, and how do they really combine? Like, Tommy John surgery was really controversial initially. Right. Um, like, why would a guy with a brand new tendon be allowed to continue to play baseball? And now it's, like, not getting Tommy John surgery is a deviation from the <laughs> now, norm. Now you're a total weirdo <laughs> if you don't get Tommy John surgery. Yeah. Um, I remember when people used to think of Tommy John surgery as, like, this could be a career-ending thing. Yeah, no, it's actually a career restarting. Yeah, thing. now it's like, hey, guess what? I throw three miles an hour faster because I have a brand new elbow. Yeah, um, they used to be a leg. <laughs> <laughs> my my elbow used to be a quad. <laughs> Turns those, out those are pretty strong. Apparently, <laughs> works really good. Works really good. Um, yeah, and like you also like in replay. Replay is always, like, my go-to example for this, and I've harped I lo- on this I a love lot. Your, I love your replay takes, because I don't agree with most of them. Yeah. Well, one of, <laughs> one, of, one of the things that is objectively true is that since the uh, introduction of instant replay into the um, refereeing structure, referees on the field get more calls wrong than they used to. Yeah. Because um, they're just like, whatever. <laughs> yeah, because they don't, like, there's no reason for them to make a close call. It's easier for them to just let it go and then let it go to review. 
because that absolves them of any responsibility of having to make a decision. I will say baseball has gotten more boring because of replay reviews. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, it's subjectively more boring, but they got it right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, and you know uh, how the Atlantic League was using um, the robot strike zone for a while. Oh right? my God, I love it! Yeah. yeah. Have you uh, have you read the athletic article of from Atlantic uh, Ath- Atlantic League players talking about the use of the zone? No. Um, they've they have mixed feelings about it. Really? Across the board, pitchers, catchers, and hitters all have mixed feelings about it. They're like, well, don't shouldn't it be right? That isn't that what they want though. Isn't that isn't that what they're getting? Are they here's another question? Are they getting the right strike zone? Well, is they're it, getting it, what they're getting is a correct. standardized strike zone. Wait, it's not. It doesn't come. It doesn't. It's not based off of your body. It is based off of your body. Every okay. player gets a uh, strike zone based off of their own body, um, and it is utilized by a satellite link. And the strike striker ball call is sent down to the umpire via a wireless headset, and they make and they inform the uh, inform the field what the call is. Right? Yeah. But why don't why don't they like it? Why don't some people not like it? Well, what they don't like is that the strike zone isn't set up as a specific like two dimensional plane. It's set up as a uh, three dimensional box. Oh, um, right, because the strike zone is like yeah, yeah, it has depth, and we forget so that sometimes. An extremely bad pitch can, in fact, catch the strike zone in a very specific area, yeah, and still be a strike, technically. Um, yeah. Which means um, it's not that that's a bad thing. It's that you watch you watch catchers dive out for balls that they weren't ready for. Like mm-hmm. pitchers miss their spots very badly. Um, something ha- starts up at someone above someone's head and happens to catch the back end of the box, like yeah. literally the very back end, and it's a strike now. Um, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah okay. That's kind of crazy. I mean, but it. May- it, it, it gives an advantage, I think, this the depth. I didn't even really think about the depth. Yeah. I don't know why I never thought about the depth, but the depth seems to, like, that will definitely give an advantage to your Randy Johnson arm angles. Your tall, big guy Randy Johnson arm angles, where your pitches don't necessarily go from the point A to point B. They come from point G all the way over here <laughs> to the left of you, and then come in sideways, yeah. and just kind of, like... Because you can cut so much of the strike zone, and then by the time the catcher catches it, it looks like it's like five feet off the plate. But really, it cut through the strike zone at one point. Mm-hmm. Like there, like there is a capacity to throw an unhittable twelve to six curveball that catches the very back edge of the box. So because of this, we if this if this makes it to MLB, we could be looking at a new like pitcher dominated era. We could, yes. Which I'm like, like guys who are capable of manipulating the back edges of the box and moving balls from an unhittable spot yeah. into just that very back. Like, yeah. Fuck painting the black. It's about painting the back corner. Yeah, Madison Bumgarner yeah. is going to pitch till he's like 50. Yeah. If that's the case. Because he has a Randy Johnson arm ankle, but without the height, you know? Yeah. It's kind of not the same, but like he kind of does the same thing. He has a cutter that just kind of like grazes the strikes in. And that's human eyes looking at it. When a robot's going to look at it, it's going to be perfect all the time. He's going to be throwing 82 mile an hour cutters and <laughs> <laughs> at age 45 and be like, you know, the greatest Diamondbacks pitcher of all time. You're going to forget that he was a giant. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> Pretty much, the, it's gonna, it will introduce an era of baseball where literally the only two things that happen are strikeouts and walks. 
Oh man, man, I'll watch that. (laughs) (laughs) I'll watch any baseball, dude. Like I will watch any fucking baseball. I don't think you'll watch that, dude. I don't, man. I watched the 2008 Giants (laughs) 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 on days Tim Lincecum didn't pitch. Did anyone ever get a base hit? Just every, once time. A, every once in a while, Benji Molina would run into one. And well, he was not very good. <laughs> well, that's not going to happen anymore. Yeah, every once in a while, Aaron <laughs> Rowan like accidentally gets a like an infield hit. Yeah. The 2008 Giants were not fun, but I used to go to those games because it was cheap. How much do you want to watch Mike Trout swing at a pitch above his head and hear Joe Buck go, well, he we had to swing at that one. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ruin Mike Trout more than we... Ah. I, just, I hope it doesn't get to that degree of like ridiculousness. I think it's possible. I think it's entirely possible. All right. I, I want to see it in play. I think MLB has to do it for a year. I need it. Well, so what? I, I, so I hate, the robot strike zone will not instantaneously result in this awful thing that I'm describing. Okay. Um, It'll just but, happen every once in a while. No, but over time... That's what will happen. Well, I can't argue with it because it's just science. <laughs> like, I can't be like, this is stupid. Science is dumb. Like, it won't matter. It'd be like me yelling at weather, which I do sometimes. That's why we have a... the Winnipeg Jets rankings. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to Winnipeg for that episode. Yeesh. Wait, I, no one wanted that. <laughs> that episode. <laughs> We're going to keep doing it every year, though. Oh, yeah, 100%. We're going to perfect the art of talking about generic teams until people like it. I'm going to write a whole explainer for that whole ranking system and how we devised it. It's like, I I don't care if both our Padres rankings episode bombed, the super (laughs) non-scientific one bombed, and then the super scientific one bombed. I don't give a fuck. I'm going to do it again. I'm going to keep making this joke, son. Those are good episodes. (laughs) Those are good episodes. Listen to it, please. Please listen to my episode. (laughs) Two hours. Two hours of science. Please listen to my science episode. I'm going to just, you know what? I'm going to tweet about it two times a day now. Yeah. Even though I have other podcasts that have been out, like in, this, like in, the, in like two, three weeks from now, I'll still be tweeting out to listen to that one thing. Please. Or at least, like, we could at least share the uh, spreadsheet and see if we get any engagement there. But Yeah. It's hard to, it's hard, yeah, it's hard to get, like, so I got people who, like, thought that it was interesting, but, like, no one that wanted to have a conversation about it. <laughs> I was like, oh, I guess that's kind of neat, whatever. I'm like, it's like, all right, I guess me and Jake are the only ones who think this shit is funny and, well, like, interesting. <laughs> well, at least now we know everyone else in America is wrong. Right. Well, yeah. I already knew that from just me having opinions. <laughs> you know, I've known that since I was a child. I'm like, oh. I get it. Everyone's everyone's wrong, and I'm right. Okay, that's how this is gonna go. All right. So can I? I'm gonna roll this back for a second. Um, yeah. What are we talking about? Yeah. We we were on uh, uh, baseball. Baseball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, and um, the sign stealing thing. So if um, the pitcher, what was his name? The guy who came forward about the sign stealing thing. Mike Fires. Mike Fires. If Mike Fires had not come forward and said something about it and the MLB hadn't then been forced to investigate, do you think anything would have happened, or would everyone just continue to bury their head in the sand? It's baseball. Everyone continues to bury their head in the sand. Yeah, that's what I think. 
I mean, like, regular-ass sign-stealing, like, without cameras, but relaying in real time. People have been doing that for a long time. I remember uh, 2011, the Blue Jays were doing it. Yeah. I remember, because, yeah, I I remember vividly the, the scandal, and it was just kind of like, oh, are they cheating on it? We can't really find proof, but it looks like they are. And it's just like, oh, well, whatever. But now it's like, when you have video evidence and a, a banging trash can when you're, like, that stupid about your cheating. <laughs> like, <laughs> That movie had nothing, they they had to. And plus, like, John Boy was out there making these, like, very convincing videos. And they were all just straight from YouTube. He wasn't, like, doing, he wasn't, like, he wasn't, like, going and gathering data and, like, shit like that. He was just, like, oh, I'm going to YouTube, I'll rip this part of the video, and then I'll show everyone, oh, this is clearly the guy, them cheating. You know, so, you know what would have made way more sense? <clears throat> is just, every time you know a an off-speed pitch is coming... You have different variations for, say, say Jose Altuve is up to bat. Right. And the dugout is all standing there, and someone is given the information, and they go fastball, curveball, slider, whatever, changeup. Yeah. All you got to do is, on a fastball, nobody does anything. Mm-hmm. On a curveball, everyone goes, come on, Jose. That, that, they're going to they're gonna figure that out fast. It's going to be, like, just as blatant. As opposed to banging a trash can? I mean, that's a noise that could happen at any point in time. Like, I don't know. Like, I think, and and that way you implicate so many players, which, who, by the way, we should note, aren't getting punished for any of this shit. Well, they don't deserve, they shouldn't be. You don't think that, uh, the play, I mean, they could have said any. they could have said something. They could have been like, hey, this is wrong. I'm cheating. It's, I'm listening no, to your, I'm listening to your sign stealing. I'm taking the, your advice. There's too much money on the table George, for them. Yeah, you're right. I mean, yeah. like, if someone's like, hey, Patrick, you want to cheat? I'm like, man, come on, dude. I'm, I'm already in the majors. Like, well, yeah. come on. I don't want to cheat. It's like, yeah, but if you cheat, you're going to, like, you're, you're, you'll be making, you know, $3 million a year. I'm like, that sounds good. Yeah. But then you'll be making $20 million a year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's do the cheating. <laughs> I, I'm going to cheat right now. Yeah, like, Hinch, Hinch basically <laughs> operates on a scale that is dictated to managers. Like, managers get X amount of dollars, basically. Yeah. Um, and there's not a whole lot of variation there. Uh, GMs are valued based on their success levels. So Luno has way more incentive than anyone else to cheat. Which is like, it's way more incentive yeah. to pretend to, to deny it. Yeah. And, and then the players, like, the more success they have in their personal numbers, like, I, like imagine a guy who's going into an arbitration year and everyone's like, hey, we have this scheme so you know what pitch is coming. We think we can bump your numbers by 20 points in every direction. Yeah, I mean, you, yeah. yeah. So, what do you think about people saying that? Oh, this could hurt uh, Jose Altuve's uh, Hall of Fame chances. No, wrong. Okay, I disagree. Like, yeah, I don't, it was like, a thing that happened. Like, I don't care. Like, well, it also, ha- also, as I've also, as I said earlier, I don't think they were the only ones doing this. I'm very, I'm all. You know, I'm always very against blaming players for these things unless they're Vontae's perfect. Um, but against blaming player, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, Vontae's perfect. <laughs> Vontae's perfect is a sociopath, but not a nice guy. No, not, not the nicest guy in the world. Yeah, no, yeah, he's in the bottom ten percent. I'd say. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, any more baseball stuff? Uh, eh, not really. Else? Like, uh, no. I got no yeah. more baseball things. Um, 
don't know. I'm not shocked that uh, this scandal got to the level that it got to, but it, I'm also... I'm not a big fan. Like, I would prefer that teams weren't doing this and that there was something more of an even playing field. Yeah, I'm still more worried about the labor situation in baseball. Yeah. I'm still worried about, like, the hot stove season is dead. I don't think... I don't... I've gone to MLB trade rumors the least amount of times this offseason. Well, because there's nothing to know. Like, yeah. Garrett Garrett Cole got a contract. Strasburg got a contract. Donaldson went to the Twins, that which is, like, nuts, because they already hit a lot of home runs. They're, now they got a dude who They're doubling 40. down on the home runs thing, yeah. bonkers. Good for them. Good, for, good to trying to win. Thank you. Please, teams, try to win. Yeah. Mariners, please try to win, I guess. No, they'll never do that. Yikes. They're going to trade Seeger and probably <laughs> Hanniger. Well, they, yeah. The Hanniger thing is funny. Of course they want to trade him because now uh, Kettle Marte is better. So. <laughs> <laughs> Quick, we got to get rid of this guy so no one remembers that we <laughs> traded him for Kettle Marte. Well, because when you're, when you're Jerry Depoto, you're known for trading. And if you mm. do a bad trade and get owned in a trade, you're going to be like, oh, shit, that's my legacy, son. And then you're going to want to fix it. Like, So, yeah, it makes sense. Well, I get it. I just don't like it. Yeah. All right. So but, we yeah, can talk about uh, the NFL playoffs happened. Um, they did. Niners won against the Vikings in convincing fashion. Then we very got, convincing fashion. Yeah, it was boring. Yeah. It was no more boring to me because that was very exciting. But I don't know. I watched, of the world. I sort of watched some of that game. I was like, oh my god, this is dull. Yeah. To the world, it was a boring <laughs> game, and the yeah. Niners just beat up a team. And then, um, and then we had we had shoot, the Packers. The, uh, Beat the Seahawks yeah, in that Lambeau. Was, that was more exciting than it should have been, but it's Russell Wilson, so he's going to make a game exciting even when he loses. Yeah. No, um, it was not close at the end of the first half, and Wilson almost pulled it back to... Yeah, He, he never really pulled it back to even. It wasn't no. like there were any lead changes or anything, but... He made he made them uh, he made, he made them think about it a yeah. little bit. He, made, yeah. he got within two scores or whatever, and yeah. it was like, oh shit. Uh, yeah, that was that was fine, and then the of course the the Chiefs came back from a twenty four nothing deficit after like the first quarter to go up by like forty eight to twenty four before the end of the first half or something ridiculous. I feel so bad for Texans fans. Yeah. Like they've never been past the divisional round. They go up three scores real quick. I'm thinking. I'm sitting there like, oh shit, like. The Texans are going to do it. They're going to get out of this round, man. <laughs> this is amazing. Like, this is crazy. And they're beating a really good team to do it. And then the wheels just come off. It, it, like, I had, like, mini flashbacks of, like, the Cubs and Marlins in 2003. Where, yeah. like, everything bad that it could possibly ever happen just started happening. And it was sparked by a stupid fucking call to go for it on fourth down in a fake punt when you're up by three scores. <laughs> like, it's just, like... So dumb. And, I mean, that alone shouldn't have, like, made you give up 34 unanswered. But they gave up 34 unanswered. <laughs> and a lot went bad in a short amount of time. And the Chiefs just wouldn't quit. Yeah. The, like, they just kept coming and coming and coming. Like, yeah. It was nonstop. Yeah. Wild. Wild, wild, wild. Wild shit. Uh, that, that game was... That game was boring one way, then it became boring another way. <laughs> like, it wasn't at all exciting. You'd think that a game where, like, someone comes back from those odds and, like, blows out another team would be, like, exciting at all. 
<laughs> no, it was just boring. It was boring and then exciting for 20 minutes and then boring for the rest of the game. Yeah. And then there was one other football game, um, yes. which was the Titans and the Ravens, which the yes. Titans, to their credit, Want shockingly won on the back of basically on the back of Derrick Henry and their and a defensive scheme. They have they have a, a 1998 Atlanta Falcons energy about them. Yeah, where no one no one no one really knows or wants them to win, but they keep doing it. Like they yeah. keep beating the odds, and they're doing it on the back of like a very 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 good running back, which is just like the Atlanta, the Dirty Bird, you know. Yep. Like uh, they kind of they kind of have that spoiler about them where like. On paper, they shouldn't be, but they're doing it. So fuck you. Yeah, they're doing. They're they Very are. They're playing excellent right now. Very impressive, um, right? Ryan Tannehill. Good football. And they like, and they put, you know, like they kind of put the hammer down on the Ravens a little bit. Like they did an extremely good job containing that offense. Yeah, they beat Although, the best team in football. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. they essentially turned them into a one man show. Um, they put uh, they put Lamar Jackson in a position where he was the only player on the field for the Ravens, in essence. Yeah, his receivers weren't doing shit, um, and his and Ingram was hurt, wasn't doing anything. Their backup running back wasn't doing anything. Like it was Jackson or bust for them, and they couldn't make it happen. Uh, they I think they blew, they missed out on two maybe three fourth down plays. That might, like, there was a little bit of a chance for the game to swing another way if they had converted those, but... They just picked a bad... They just yeah. picked a, a, the wrong day to have a bad game. Yeah. Like, that's just... That happens to the best teams. And, and you know, Lamar still played well. Uh, he did. But all it did was validate some of sports... <laughs> sports... Uh, sports talks shittiest people. For example, Colin Cowherd... Yeah. Coward. Colin, Colin Coward. Coward. It's very easy to like, he basically teed that one up for America. Yeah. Colin Coward um, sent out a tweet uh, that read specifically, lots of people who read they should have been fired for not drafting Lamar Jackson, which he misspelled Jackson, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Having a second cocktail tonight, maybe a third. <laughs> the most washed like thing. <laughs> Ooh, three cocktails. Ooh, Ooh, celebration oh. time. Let's partay. Three. I might get some of the free bar nuts. Yeah. <laughs> three gin and tonics <laughs> on the plane. Uh yeah, I just think like a lot of people had these takes about Lamar Jackson were dead wrong to begin with. And then Lamar Jackson got even better in his second year. Yep. And, like, just felt bad about their shitty, weird, racist takes about, like, what they think, uh, the, the, what they think a quarterback should be. Essentially, yeah. everyone's projecting this idea that a quarterback's got to be a white guy who stays in the pocket and sucks. <laughs> <laughs> like, everyone's like, I hate it when my quarterback runs for a first down. It's like, <laughs> That's dumb. <laughs> seems like a bad plan. Yeah, it just seems terrible. I, yeah, I just fucking football punditry is terrible <laughs> in general and racist always it's just it's just so wild that like you have so you have this kid who is just set several records at the quarterback position uh most rushing yards by a quarterback most combined yards by a quarterback um 
led his team to the best record in his conference and in the league. Um, and your issue is that now, in his second year in the league, where he has gone to the playoffs two times, he has not yet won a playoff game, despite the fact he's fucking 22 years old. Right. Like, yeah. 23 maybe. I'm not. I'm actually not entirely sure how old Lamar Jackson is. A classic is, case but... of NFL bird brain. Yeah. Where like a mix of racism, shitty takery, and not really watching much football and doing yeah. anything about what you're talking about comes together to create just angry takes that are just derived from your from your ego mostly. Mm-hmm. Like the J, the Whitlocks and the Cowherds. It's and the same thing. The Skip Baylisses of the world just constantly go to this bullshit, and you know. Well, clearly he can't succeed at the highest level. He just can't. <laughs> it's impossible. He's He'll the, never do it. He's the MVP of the league on yeah. the highest level. Yeah. He lost one game in the highest level. Yeah. Like Peyton Manning used to routinely go out there. And lose at the AFC Championship. <laughs> Peyton Manning was drafted in something like 1994, and he didn't win a title until 2006. It took him, tw- yeah. it took him like 12 years. Well, he went 98, I think, was his year. 98? It was him and Todd Heap, I think, were like... Not Todd Heap, fuck. Who am I thinking of? Ryan Leaf, my bad. Oh, yeah. Oh, so, yeah, no, it might have been Todd 98. Todd Heap is a tight end. <laughs> he won a title in 96, and then he won another one in 2015. Yeah, yeah. Two of them. Uh, lots of years apart. Yeah, but like he didn't get, he didn't win an AFC championship for a very, very long time. He used to just get embarrassed by uh, Bill Belichick year in and year yeah. out. No, he used to just go get his like ass kicked by the Patriots in the AFC championship game every year. Yeah, Deion and then... Branch and, and all those guys, all those boys, and mm-hmm. the, the the Patriots defense of uh, Vrabel. Um, Teddy Bruschi, mm-hmm. uh, shoot, Football Night in America, cornerback, safety. Uh... Akib Talib, maybe? I don't know. No, no, the from from like the early 2000s Patriots. They were, I remember there was also Ty Law, who was not the guy I was thinking of, but Ty Law. Ty was Law there, was awesome. Like, um, winning MVPs and shit. Yeah, um, yeah, no, no one ever said that like Peyton Manning is actually bad. No, no one after those games... <laughs> After the many, many times of losing to those Patriots, to that Patriots defense, did anyone ever think to utter, this guy's bad, actually? No, because, like, football is racist. Like, football analysts are racist, and they're matching what the league owners think, and they're pandering to that audience also, like... No, like, what Peyton Manning got was Dan Marino comps, basically, where it's like, well, look at how great he is, and he just can't quite seem to get the big one. Shucks! Right. Right. And what Lamar Jackson gets is, should he even really have been drafted at all by anyone? <laughs> <laughs> it's nuts. Yeah. It's nuts. It's just like the just the way that the NFL knows that its media machine can erase erase reality at any given moment. I mean, it's a it it's the same thing where they like they tried to say that. Lamar Jackson's offense in the first place is the first time they've ever seen that offense when Colin Kaepernick used to run it. And they wanted to erase Colin Kaepernick, so they decided that that didn't happen. And actually, Greg Roman and Lamar Jackson were the first to ever do it, which, like, whatever, fine. Well, not fine, because that's shitty, but... (laughs) It's extremely shitty. Yeah, it's really shitty, but, like, they're just constantly finding ways to, like, erase reality, and they do it on smaller levels where they, like, basically, like oh, so-and-so player was never good in the first place, even though that, like, so-and-so player would go to, like, the Super Bowl every once in a while. Or the idea that, shoot, 
former former like good NFL quarterback is bad actually because of he had one bad year based off of an injury. Or let's take it like a more recent thing. Everyone's talking about Cam Newton fighting for his career. Why should Cam Newton fight for his career as a fucking superstar quarterback? I actually think Cam Newton should retire, but that has nothing to do with his ability. It has everything to do with the amount of times he's been like left out to die by his coaching right, staff. Right, that part is bad. Yeah. <laughs> but Cam Newton, the, 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 the quarterback, has all the talent in the world. And we should never be hearing this idea that he's anything but an elite caliber quarterback who can he come back. He is an elite caliber quarterback. Cam Newton is outstanding. Like, and people, like, yeah, and you're right. Like, a lot of folks are like, well, Carolina might want to consider not bringing him back in favor of whoever the fuck the schmuck who they're, they brought in as a backup is. He got smoked yeah. <laughs> a lot. Yeah, not good. Yeah, and then, then now we have 43-year-old Tom Brady, and every pun is like, well, someone's going to have to give him a shot if he wants to keep playing. Yeah. I don't even think the Patriots should really let him go. He played poorly in a system built for him. Yeah. <laughs> he's fucking, he's, it is, got, you know, I realize being in your 40s not that old, but in the, in sports, it is, and he's in his fucking 40s. Yeah. Like, the, if you're not a kicker, you should not be 41 and still be in the league. Yeah. You should cut bait and run. I mean, we go all the way back to Donovan McNabb. How Donovan McNabb was viewed as... Not good, even when he was very, very good. Yeah. Philly fans used to call him Low Throw McBlow. Like, fucking <laughs> terrible. You guys are terrible. Stop it. He took you to a Super Bowl. He took you to all kinds of NFC title games. You fucking... How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> it was, it's just so fucking weird how, like, the NFL understands that its media and fans can just alter history when they want to at will. And just decide that up is down and down is up. Well, this is why on my official uh, quarterback rankings, I have uh, Dan Marino tied with Rex Grossman at zero Super Bowl titles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's kind of like, it's all Also narrative. tied with Brian Hoyer, um, Jeff Garcia. Yeah. I don't know. Lots of other guys. I don't know. I can't continue this bit any longer. It makes right. me angry. Dan Marino <laughs> is Jeff Garcia. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, just like, to just show up and be like, well, I guess he couldn't win this specific game. Like, this one right here. In a sport yeah. that literally like, can actually, the whole game can change based on what any one of 22 players do at any given moment. And just because the ball is shaped a weird shape and can go in any given fucking direction. Right. You know? I mean, there's so many moving parts in football. Like, in a game, everyone always wants to look at one one play. Oh, this play decided the game. Really, there's so many different plays and so many different, like, matchups within every single play. There's a thousand different things you can point out if you actually look at the tape to decide, oh, what... what was the deciding factor in this game, which makes it so that the NFL is so abstract that it's narrative-driven. You yeah. can lie. You can essentially just make shit up. You can make it up as you go along and create whatever narrative you want to to convince fans and even executives that your narrative is correct and true. And that is why the NFL is so fucking weird. 
It's and very like strange. good players, good good players can just disappear at any kind of whim, and that it's usually race driven. It's usually black quarterbacks disappear because the NFL narrative doesn't like them. Right, and what? Well, and the the thing the thing that's super fucked up about that, especially this year, is that. The talking heads and all of the commentators have been trying to sell this to us as the year of the black quarterback. Like, this is, I'm not even, like, that's not hyperbole. That is an actual phrase that ESPN and CBS Sports and Fox Sports have all pitched to people as, like, this is the year of the black quarterback. Citing Lamar, uh, Deshaun, uh, Patrick Mahomes. Um, I'm sure I'm missing somebody. But I can't think of who. Those those are the big three right now. Right. Um, but the second one of them fails, not Deshaun because, again, the Texans are extremely Padres, but... Uh, oh, right. <laughs> Forgot they ranked pretty high. <laughs> yeah. Um, Rough week for the Texans. <laughs> um, but the second that Lamar Jackson failed... Now he's a target for criticism and like unfair criticism at best. Yeah, if if failing is uh, throwing for three hundred and uh, rushing for one hundred, that's he was literally <laughs> he was the only productive offensive player on his team. He was no one else did shit on a field with Derrick Henry. He was the best player on the field. Yeah. He ran for almost he threw for over three hundred yards. He ran for almost one hundred and fifty. Like he personally accounted for nearly 500 yards of offense. Yeah. It's it's wild. It's wild to me. It's just it's it, it's weird and it's just it's just wild. The, the NFL NFL analysis is evil. It's bad and it's evil. And in this case it's more evil than just regular bad. What is this? It's also just disingenuous because the whole like Again, that idea of, like, they want to sell us a story, they want to sell us a narrative, and they want to sell this this kind of narrative about, um, racial, really about racial inclusion, and, right. um, like... While the, also being terrible to black quarterbacks at the mm-hmm. same time. Yeah, yeah, and that's what they're doing now. And then also, they're like, we're gonna have to look back into the Rooney rule, because no one has actually hired a black head coach in a while. Like, or a POC coach at all, no. you know? No, it... It's fucking weird. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's currently weird. three black head coaches in the NFL. Yeah. Waking for slightly less than 10% against a league that is solidly 80% uh, POCs. It's just like NFL coaching is just like, it's just dynasties. Like these old coaches that just won't like retire because, you know, they have all this clout in the world. And once again, like even if they're kind of bad. <laughs> they just kind of they they're allowed to stick around and make mistakes whereas like black coaches can't unless they're part of like a an elite coaching tree like the Bill Walsh coaching yeah. tree and it's it's just fucking weird that all these like old super old coaches who are flawed like they they can stick around forever get a job anytime they want and then when they they're done you just get their son to do it, like Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. <laughs> and like Kyle Shanahan, Mike Shanahan. It's just like, why not give someone else an opportunity? Well, I think about Mike Tomlin a lot, too, in that, like, Tomlin has multiple Super Bowl rings. Yeah. Is one of the most successful regular season coaches ever. I've ever seen. And uh, 
I'm pretty sure that given that he missed the playoffs this year, there are probably there's probably a pretty strong contingent of Steelers fans calling for him to be fired. Right. I haven't checked, but I'd put money on it. I I don't count out any any bad thing NFL fans do. Yeah. <laughs> At any given time, I'm 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 not ever going to be surprised by their behavior, yeah. and I think. All of this right now that's happening with Jackson, with that's happening with a uh, with a lack of black coaches, it's just indicative of like an objectively shitty, shitty culture in a league. Did you hear about how the Forty ers are bad? Actually, the Forty ers are bad. Um, let's start a segment that we're we're doing right now called um, "All Sports Are Petty." All sports are petty. And now it's time to enter. Now, now that we've now that we've had a very serious discussion, let's have a not serious discussion <laughs> about the NFL. And uh, shout out to Seahawks fans um, for reminding me that um, that the 49ers, the team that is in the NFC title game this week, is bad. Actually, the 49ers are bad. They are not good. And the team that that just got like destroyed by by Green Bay, they're good. No. Thank you, Seahawks fans. I needed that. I needed that reminder. And you know what I do every time? Like any 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 fan who's angry about their team losing and like you know has the audacity to tell me that the one that my team who is doing well is bad and wants to point out all these reasons why they're bad, I just agree with them. You're right. You're right. <laughs> Jimmy G is a system quarterback. He's not good. Um, he runs these plays, these overrated Kyle Shanahan plays, where there are two reads. There's there's Debo Samuel Reed. Okay, covered. Okay, then it's then it then it's then it's uh, Manny Sanders Reed. Oh, he's covered. I guess I'll take a sack now. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the 49ers offense passing game. Their run their, their running game is a little more complex than that. But yeah, sure, you're right. They're bad. That's fine. Jimmy G's bad. The system is weird and shitty and he's a product of it. Uh what else what else about the Niners is bad? Uh, Jed York is a baby man coward Trump cousin ass dude. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's punch him in the face. Jed York is bad. The Niners organization is one that is led by Jed York, this very baby man coward. <laughs> who... He did leave them in San Francisco though, right? No. He, t- <laughs> he took a San Francisco institution and moved it to, moved it to Silicon Valley just to remind everyone, you know, who owns that city <laughs> and everything that you love about that city. That's, yeah, that's objectively shitty. Um, let's see. Oh, will the Niners lose next week to Seahawks fans? Yes, we're going to lose next week. We're not going to... Listen, let's just go back and say all the Niners wins or losses. We hand, we hand the Seahawks the, <laughs> the NFC, NFC West banner and they can raise a banner at CenturyLink. Because the Ooh, Niners are bad. Are you going to uh, vacate those wins? Yeah, I'll vacate the wins. And the NFC, I have the, you're going to vacate have that the, NFC West title. I have the power to do it. So and it didn't a, happen now. Seahawks fans have convinced me that my the team that is 13 and 3 and has won their 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 divisional playoff matchup is bad. So thank you, Seahawks fans, for reminding me that. Thank God. I'm glad you guys can take an L, uh, but in this case, you don't need to because you won actually. <laughs> The pass interference thing from two games ago, that was a that was a fraudulent thing, and you, you should have been rewarded a win. You might you know what? Let's give you guys the 2015 Super Bowl too. 
<laughs> or not the no the 2014 Super Bowl. Oh yeah, let's just imagine that they did in fact give the ball to Marshawn. Yeah, let's live in the hypothetical. Yeah, Why not? They did get they they gave the ball to Marshawn and he scored and then Tom Brady pooped his pants and died. That's what I love about living in the hypothetical yeah. when you're like sports angry at something and you just kind of irrational and you're like, well, if we give the if we just give the ball to Marshawn, we would have won the Super Bowl. Well, since you're living in hypotheticals, what if he got stuffed? <laughs> like, like what if, that's a real thing that could stuffed. happen. What if they just knew saw it coming and beat it? Just like they saw that uh, inside slant coming. Yeah, and just beat it. <laughs> like, what if that happened? Have you considered to you like maybe like living in the hypothetical and is not useful and kind of makes you look funny and sad? And I'll just agree with you and laugh about it later <laughs> and podcast about how sad it is. No, but the Niners, they're, they're not winning. Yeah, but Kyle Shannon's overrated, right? Yeah. Kyle Shanahan. <laughs> Kyle Shanahan is overrated. I definitely think a product of deep, disgusting nepotism, though. <laughs> I, will, I will segue to an actual, like, outrage that, like, yes, product of nepotism. Oh, totally. Gross and weird that, like, there's the Shanahan dynasty, but, yeah. Well, like, and of course, they stole them from the Seahawks, coached by... Uh... Jordan Peterson enthusiast and 9-11 truther Pete Carroll. <laughs> yeah, see, wonderful man that Pete Carroll, apparently. It's one thing to, like, like the alt-right conspiracy theorist. Not even conspiracy theorist, like, Pete Carroll's the conspiracy theorist. Yeah, Jordan, Jordan Peterson is just an the, MRA guy. Oh, fucking weird, total weirdo. It's one thing to like him, and it's another thing to be like, hey, how about you, Jordan Peterson, total scumbag, come speak to my employees and enlighten them. <laughs> wild wild remember when he accosted a three-star general right before the national anthem to ask about if jet fuel could mute melt steel beams <laughs> <laughs> why do people like pete carroll because I, they're idiots one like, of my favorite things about being a broncos fan right now is our best player is von miller and the only thing he wants to do is raise chickens and give glasses to poor people what a nice guy <laughs> <laughs> what a sweet that's fucking lovely i would love yeah. I would, I would love Nick Bosa to be that person, but instead he's a piece of shit. And every time he gets a sack, I think to myself, fuck Nick Bosa. And sometimes I just tweet it. And then no likes. No likes or faves or fucking RTs on that tweet. Because Niners fans don't want to ever, like, admit to the fact that their best young defensive player is an absolute fucking monster. Like, not in a good football way, in a well, bad like, human way. That'd be like giving up on ordering from Grubhub or something. <laughs> <laughs> Is Grubhub problematic? I don't know. Sure. Probably. <laughs> hey, how many uh, how many Silicon Valley tech guys does it take to screw in a light bulb? I don't know. How many? Well, actually, my startup is about to disrupt that whole process. Ugh. <laughs> 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 My relationship with Sa- just a full just a full segue here. <laughs> My relationship with San Francisco is so like complex and weird. Where like on one hand, it is one of my favorite places in the world, and if you talk shit about it, I will pull up to your house at night and throw a brick through your window. <laughs> but on the other hand, San Francisco is a brutal fucking hellscape run by the worst people who are constantly destroying my childhood every single chance they get. <laughs> That's my relationship with San Francisco. It's very complex right. and not not great. Willie, stop biting that shit. Willie's trying to chew on the uh, uh, strings for my hoodie 
Yeah. It's a good it's a good looking string too. It's like, no, nah, you can fuck with that. Nope, I'm taking those back. These are oh, mine now. Willie. William William the Dog. <laughs> <laughs> William the Dog Patrick. Okay. <laughs> but anyways, that's my that's my that's my all sports are petty segment where I'm just mean to Seahawks fans for being Whatever weird. they fucking for being weird it. for being weird to me all the time. <laughs> they're a bunch. Of, they're all a bunch of. They're all a bunch of fucking idiots anyway. I think. I think Seahawks fans gen, generally are really nice people, like not in a football capacity. And then once they watch an, like a second of football, they just transform into monsters, <laughs> and you're just like, wow, I don't want to talk to you because you're just you're ill-informed and weird and aggressive, and I. I liked you better when we're not talking well, I'm about sure, this. I'm sure they feel that bec- that they are not currently in the championship game because of some play call that went against them in like week three or something. I, otherwise, we would have won that game, and then we would have been the number one in the NFC, and then <laughs> obviously we would have beaten whatever chumps you played. I don't even know. I didn't pay attention. And then we would have won. And been yeah. the Super Bowl champions. Well, that's we should what... have been the Super Bowl champions every year from 2014 through now. That's... Six-time Super Bowl champions! That's the thing. From 2013 to like 2016, I'll say. They should have been at least... They should have at least got to all those Super Bowls. Yeah, they were the best team in the league for a minute. They have a they lot have of... the hol- best player of the 2010s in Russell Wilson. That's where I think all the anger comes from because it's all just projecting their own like their own disappointment with the fact that they had a dynasty level talented squad that is just like one of the best quarterbacks ever and like one of the best defensive secondaries that like has ever existed and they only got one title which is That's, good like one title's a lot my team hasn't won one title in a billion years one title is a, so, one title a, is a solid amount of titles That's it's a also shipment. it's also an issue they have with uh when they went to the Super Bowl against the Steelers and feel like they got robbed. Oh. <laughs> no one watched. It didn't matter. Yeah, no one cares. Like, yeah. literally no one cares about that except, <laughs> like, Seahawks fans. Steelers fans don't even care about that game. Steelers fans are like, you can have it. Fine, take the Super yeah, Bowl. I don't go care. Go ahead. No one gives a shit. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy with it because it'd be like, all right, you can have that Super Bowl. It's one less Super Bowl for shitty-ass Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, if I can take it, go ahead. Please you can take just, it. Go ahead. No one, no one wants it. I don't, like, I don't even want that Super Bowl. Do we want to hype-drag anybody? Uh, yes, Zion is back. Oh, that's a hype, I imagine. Yeah. Oh, it's a hype. Oh, Zion is going to be back. I want to see the dunks. I want to see all of the dunks. I'm so happy. He's yeah. going to be like... Charles Barkley, but like cooler. Yeah, I think I think Zion is going to make Alonzo Ball an above average point guard by the end of this. That season. sounds right. Yeah, like it's he's going to be Alonzo uh, could actually be Stockton to um, Zion's Carl Malone slash Charles Barkley, but like turned into LeBron James. Who was Stockton's backup? Let's not <laughs> come on, Stockton. Let's like, come on. Let's chill out on Stockton. Who is Stockton's backup? He could be him. <laughs> Actually, I'm not sure John Stockton ever left the court. <laughs> so, you see how many assists that motherfucker got? It's A shit ton. Unbelievable. It's, I think that, I think the unbreakable record in the NBA isn't even, like, Kareem's points records. It's assist totals Yeah, John Stockton. Yeah, I, I don't know how anyone's ever going to touch that. I mean, LeBron could probably try for, like, 
assists per game on a se- on a single season, which is what um, he's trying to do. You mean year. you mean the uh, fourteen that Stockton averaged one year? Well, Le- what's LeBron's doing something crazy this year because he's just I guarantee eating. it doesn't even scratch what Stockton did. Hold on, LeBron James B ref. What you got for me, Internet? Tell me about what's happening in the world. This year, he... Oh, 10.7. That's not even close. <laughs> <laughs> he at one point was at, like, 12, but then again, that was, like, November. So. That's almost John Stockton's career assist per game total. Jesus. <laughs> I guess, like... What were the, what were the, What was that offense like? Like, John Stockton would just hit the mailman, and the mailman would, like make one quick post move and then get the basket? Yeah, pretty much. Except John Stockton was good enough at scoring that you had to rotate. Yeah, yeah. And he would hit somebody. John Stockton could hit a three like nobody's business, and and also Carl Malone could pass. Yeah. Like, that was the lethal part, is that (laughs) Carl Malone would, like, sit there in the post and, like, back down his man, and then some other guy would be like, oh, I'm going to try and, you know, double Carl Malone, and then he's like, ha-ha, fuck you. And then he (laughs) kicks it out. He kicks it out like fucking... Like Jokic does now, and mm-hmm. it's just like, ah, damn it. <laughs> well, I guess that's that. I guess that's that. Only Jordan's gonna beat him. No, John Stockton is if you took like any anyone who's ever played uh, pickup basketball in a gym knows what I'm talking about. John Stockton is the old guy at the gym, and he was that guy when he was 21 years old, and I'm sure he's <laughs> that guy now, and he is the best possible version of that person. <laughs> short shorts uh doesn't short talk shorts, much doesn't talk much he's probably wearing knee braces or something is always sweating and mouth breathing i know yeah. something about john stockton is that he like definitely is out here breathing out of his mouth i can feel it from here from the through the television in in 1996 yeah. i'm like Whew. and in that in that first game running running the first time you're like, I don't have to guard that guy and then he scores every single one of his team's points <laughs> <laughs> And he drops 50 on you, and you're like, yeah. I should probably guard him, and then he gets 15 assists on the game. Yeah. And you're like, alright, cool. Yeah. You're just like, alright. <laughs> well, I guess, I guess I've been owned. Yeah. LeVar said, change Lonzo's name to Alfonso on the fact that he's been damaged goods for the last two years. <laughs> he said that about his son on national television. It was he on Facebook, from, but then it got re-aired on national television. He went from maximum supportive sports dad to maximum, like, bad sports dad yeah, Lonzo's in a gotta rush. Make, Lonzo's yeah. got to make LeVar regret ever saying that shit. That is the, <laughs> what I a know. terrible I would, I would say that the uh, main way Lonzo can make LeVar regret that is uh, by continuing to be an NBA player and remembering that uh, LeVar averaged .02 points per game in his college career. Right. <laughs> I thought LeVar could have cooked Jordan. <laughs> That's what he says. <laughs> he could have, but the game wasn't ready for him. What a wild, wild adult man who has children in the world. Like, sometimes you come across a dude who you're like, wow, that guy, that guy's a dick. And then it's like, that guy's a dick and he has kids. It's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> That's Turns not out great. he's simultaneously both nice to and mean to his kids. Right. Yeah, well, I mean, at one point it was just like, wow, he's a great dad. And then it's like, well, he's also berating you on television. And then he sent his younger sons to, like, Chechnya. Yeah. Um, because he was mad at UCLA. Well, apparently is going to be amazing, though. Yeah, we'll see. He's still 17 years old. 
Is he? I thought he was going to be drafted soon. I think he's up, not next year, but the year after. Okay. Yeah, this is the year where the Warriors are going to win the lottery. (laughs) (laughs) This is the season where the Warriors are going to win the lottery, then come back and just absolutely just lay waste to the rest of the league next season. Like, the, the Lakers could not have, like, planned this either any better or poorer, depending on if you actually care about the multiple season outlook of the Los Angeles Lakers, because they have one year. They have one actually, year. Inter- I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. Well, huh. I do, but <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine how perfect a world it is, except for the Ball family, where Lonzo is over in New Orleans having a perfectly fine career, and then LaMelo is drafted by the Lakers and has like a good rookie season, and what LeVar does after that? I, I'd imagine get him traded to the Knicks. <laughs> I, I can't think of anything else. <laughs> but yeah, Zion's coming back and everyone's happy. I'm happy. The league is happy. New Orleans is happy. I can't wait. I, I want to see watch. all the dunks. I think that that team is crazy because Brandon Ingram's having an amazing year this year. He's averaging, what, 26? Something like that. Yeah, he's in, he's in the 20s. He is he's like, having a really good year. Everyone said, okay, he's like baby KD. He's like baby easy money sniper. And like, now he actually kind of is a baby version of Kevin Durant. He's actually grown into that because he has the ball all the time. Yep. There's really no one else. That should be a, Drew Holiday, uh, yeah, sure. Drew Holiday's a good player. Yeah, but you don't want, like, you're ISO man. You're ISO man when you need a bucket. When you, when you, when you need a bucket. Oh, you give the ball to Brandon Ingram. Yeah, he is your bucket. He's averaging 26 such a sweet kid. I like Brandon Ingram a lot. I, I'm glad he's off the Lakers. There's just no... And, and Yeah, I'm glad that he's actually with an organization that wants to develop him. And not around LeBron, who... I like LeBron, but, like, he, he's not good at this. <laughs> <He's> <laughs> never has not, been. He's not good at this. Never has been, never will be. Uh, did you see that Odell Beckham Jr. gave the LSU players cash after they won the title? Oh, I love that. I do too. That's amazing. That's awesome. That's incredible. <laughs> I Yeah, there a lot of people don't like Odell Beckham Jr. I I, like I him. enjoy I'm him. Fine with him. Yeah, I don't like like the like, people don't like bravado and I'm like, "Ah, bravado's fine." Like <laughs> like just I don't care. Like I Baker Mayfield I don't like. <laughs> Um, I just want to go ahead and let everyone know people who can fuck off this week are Colin, Colin Coward, mm-hmm. um, uh, the PTI guys. Oh, wait, 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 let's, what did the PTI guys do? Are they, are they, uh, are they bad at, uh, they, I mean, no, they, they generally have, have like, they just have bad takes boomer, and I saw them on, takes. yeah, I saw them on TV today. I was like, fuck these idiots. So I threw them on there. I do like, <laughs> I am always shocked when I see Kornheiser and, and, uh, shit, I forgot uh, Wilbon. Wilbon. Yeah. I, I am shocked when I see them out there. I'm like, you're still doing this? Jesus. No, they, they suck. They suck really bad, and I hate them, and they should go away. They were doing this when Max Kellerman was young. Yeah. <laughs> now Max Kellerman's like 50. No, it's just it's just like uh, Kornheiser being like, now hold on there. I don't think that white privilege is real. 
Jesus. <laughs> see, I don't watch PT. Like, I see PTI, but I don't watch PTI. Yeah. So I never, ever, like, experience the takes because in my head I'm like, oh, they're just old man taking. Yeah. Well, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Like, it also, like, old man taking in a way that's like, oh, God. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why the PTI guys are on there. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. It's not It's not because they did anything specific. They just continue to exist in the way that they exist and, like, they can fuck off. The next guy to fuck off seems, uh, that's fine. Yeah. That's, that's the cop who threatened to arrest the LSU players for smoking cigars after winning the national championship. Yeah, that guy's getting fired. Or he already is fired. He I'm should be fired. fired. Tell him to, like, yeah, <laughs> fuck in, that in, in Louisiana. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You have to stop smoking those cigars or I'll arrest you. You're going to get arrested because of the law. Yeah. You cool. you tried to arrest the national championship winning Louisiana State University football team after they won the national championship in Louisiana. Yeah, the second the cuffs touch Joe Burrow's wrists... You're fired. Everyone just dies. (laughs) (laughs) The whole room just... It's a big, like, kinetic explosion. No one knows what's going on. Like, it was just like, this was the worst idea. (laughs) Everyone lives to regret it. It's like, whatever that... It was like... This putting, was not putting the, together the infinity stones. Of this was not the answer to whatever mist puzzle you were trying to solve. <laughs> it was just the infinity stone snap that uh, the, that was the worst thing to ever happen. Yeah. Uh, Who else is on your list? Um, Dabo Swinney. Okay. Dabo Swinney is the head coach at Clemson, and he is on this list specifically for trying to pull basically a Patriots level, no one believes in us, when they weren't the number one overall seed going into the college football playoffs, and then getting his whole team shit kicked in by LSU. Right. The, the nobody believes in us thing is amazing. My dog has a squeaky toy <laughs> This is just the show now. He's it's just, just like the star us trying. Of the show. We're trying to have takes, and then he like grabs a squeaky toy. If I if I sound distracted for a lot of this podcast, because I am, because I'm watching this dog the whole fucking time. Like he was he was really quiet at my feet, and I was like, the whole like for half of the podcast, I'm like, oh shit, this is amazing. Oh shit, he's not moving. Wait, are you dead? No, you're good. And then, <laughs> it was like, okay, cool. <laughs> So Debo Swinney can basically fucking go to hell because he plays in a cupcake conference, wins a shitload of games by a million points, beats up on like a mid-tier SEC team, and only plays two meaningful games a year, and he, oh no, you lost one of them. Fuck that guy. Fuck Debo Swinney. Also, he's a loud, like, redneck, well, he's not a, I won't say he's a redneck because that would be uh, disrespectful to rednecks. <laughs> 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 yeah the, the the chip on your shoulder no one believes in us thing is kind of funny I, I think it's funny when richard sherman does it and i'm like what are you talking about you're richard sherman <laughs> everyone believes in you you're, the, you're one of the best cornerbacks of like the last 20 years uh the next one next person who can fuck off this week is literally any any nfl fan who wants to say that we got screwed by the refs i love it 
It's like, fantastic. Go like fuck off. No one cares. No, but the pass interference in the Niners Seahawks game Who was the pass interference shit? of all the pass interferences that caused the Seahawks to lose all the things. That's the pass interference caused the Seahawks to take a delay of game on the one yard line <laughs> with victory. All they had to do was get, get Marshawn the ball. Instead, they're like, uh, "Let's take delay of game and lose now." <laughs> and the Niners were like, "Thank you." <laughs> Yeah, if you, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and throw this down as a standing take for me. You don't have to co-sign on this, Patrick, but uh, for a standing Jake Whipple, at Wildly Pointless on Twitter, take, um, if you want to bitch about getting fucked by the refs, you suck. Yeah, okay. Like, you're wrong. Like, shut up. Like, what, is there any any room for, like, is there any room for, like, the Saints. <laughs> what about the Saints last year? If you don't believe in the one this year, whatever, that's fine. I like because it's that could have been considered ticky tacky OPI, but the one the Saints. Oh, the one that was obviously uh, the, one we, last the Rams year? Saints. What about that? Yeah, one? yeah. So well, are I you okay say, with that one? Yeah, There's I'm okay ex- with that. An exception to that one, but in general. Well, no. So what I would say is, it is okay to be upset about that because right. it was an incorrect call. But that's, you don't get to hang everything on we would have won otherwise. Right. No, the we would have won like, otherwise. Unless, yeah. unless he was about, unless that receiver was about to catch a touchdown pass to win the game and then was shot in the brain by a guy who pulled a revolver out of his waistband and they didn't call it. Yeah. Shut up. Yeah. That's like when you're... When it's like you're living in the hypothetical now, yeah. you're in an unhealthy space. In he like clearly sports. would have caught the ball. Yeah, like anytime it starts with, well, he would have caught. You know, you've already said you don't know. Yeah. You don't know what would have happened. Yeah, exactly. It, it when you live in the hypothetical, you're fucking yourself in that in the brain. Yeah. Like at that point, you're just torturing yourself because then it's like, but the. Because you're always right in the hypothetical. You're never wrong in the hypothetical. Yeah. Because you're only thinking about a thing that never actually happened. And then I can be right when I chime in and say, well, no, uh, you couldn't just hand Marsh on the ball and walk into the end zone. Because Darth Vader, obviously fictional character, Darth <laughs> Vader would have come down and chopped down everyone with his lightsaber. So you would have lost. Duh. And I'm obviously. also right in this hypothetical. You can't be wrong. Because I can't be wrong when I'm making bullshit up. <laughs> <laughs> Either happened or it didn't. Yeah. Like, and did that? Did that pass interference happen? Sure did. Did it get flagged? No. Everything else beyond that is speculation. Would yeah. he have caught the ball without the pass interference? I don't know. Yeah. Would you have scored with uh, on the ensuing play after that pass interference call? I don't know. Maybe you would have thrown a fucking pick six and the game would have been over the other way. Yeah. Anything could. It's like you can't. Yeah. Living in the hypothetical is a bad situation yeah. for any sports fan. Who's regretful about things, and uh, take it from me, I, I'm regretful for a lot of the things that happen in some of my sports teams, and can't change it. Nothing that, yeah. There's one more person on my people who can fuck off this week, and we don't have to get into this, but we can if you want to. Yeah, I definitely want you to do this right now. Okay, Ian Eisenberg. Yeah, Ian Eisenberg. You're not gonna, you if you are a person who listens to us who does not live in Seattle, you do not know who this is. And it's possible that if you do live in Seattle, you don't know who Ian Eisenberg is. You should Eisenberg know who is. he is though, if especially if you live in a city where they're doing marijuana legalization. Yeah. 
Ian Eisenberg is Uncle Ike. Yeah. Um, and he has forced um, one of the bars, specifically in our neighborhood, right here where Patrick and I live, out of their establishment. He is a neighbor sesh- lady? Yeah, he's kicked the neighbor lady they're out of their... Now? Yeah, they're kicked out of their space uh, beginning at the end of February. They're being... They're essentially being evicted by Eisenberg. Why? Um, well, interesting question. It's possible that it's just Eisenberg attempting to capitalize on some of the large amount of real estate he's accumulated in the Central District over time. What is more likely is that Eisenberg is... Uh, being reactionary against um, the ownership of the neighbor lady hanging out with progressive uh, political activists. Whoa. See, that's fucking wild. See, this is I should be reason, reading more Capitol Hill blog again. Because this is definitely <laughs> probably in Capitol Hill blog. It right very now. well might be. But what I what I can tell you for sure is that um, uh, Ian Eisenberg, again, owner of Uncle Ike's. Um, so if you buy weed at Uncle Ike's, I would inc- strongly encourage you to reconsider. Um, yeah, don't buy it. Especially like... Especially right there. You can go to Ponder. Yeah, Ponder it's is like literally, literally right just there. over, like across the street. And if you're on 15th, go to Ruckus. Easy. Just, just go to go Ruckus. To Ruckus. Go their, to employee, the... their employees might be dicks, but Yo, you're, not, you work, you're not supporting Ian Eisen. If you work at service like I do, the Reef offers an industry discount if you have it's like your. 40%, right? Yeah, it's, it's pretty substantial. If you just have like a schedule or a paycheck. They'll give you, like, a massive discount. Anyway, Eisenberg has kicked the neighbor lady out of their space, probably because he was associating with uh, progressive and socialist influencers in this community who um, were operating out of a nearby coffee shop. Um, Eisenberg was an open supporter of Egan O'Ryan and uh, is known as a conservative voice in Seattle's political movement. No, he's not a great dude. And but anyways, I the the guy is the guy is not good. I mean like um 23rd and Union is a place where a lot of people have been arrested in the past for selling marijuana and this guy now has the audacity to sell marijuana on that corner legally and make all this money off of it. And he's just, he's not good for this city. He's, he's a not. bad, bad dude. And, like, he pals around with e- Egon O'Ryan and, like, the, the safe Seattle types. He's, Egon O'Ryan is Jeff Bezos' his candidate. I think he was also John Stanton, the owner of the Mariners' candidate. Uh, yeah. People for Seattle Pack. Uh, all that shit where they essentially, a bunch of co- companies calling themselves people for Seattle were trying to buy Seattle City Council and still took an L to Kashama Sawan. Right. So, and what's worth noting about that 23rd and Unit intersection, it's um, very close to where I live. It's very close to where you live. Mm-hmm. And that this neighborhood in which we live is the formerly Red Line District of Seattle. Yeah. Um, where it was the only place that a black family could buy property. It had very little in the way of civic support. It had very little in the way of amenities. Almost no money went into it. And I will say that on my own end, like, I am obviously a gentrifier. Like, right. I'm... Yeah. I am... I have, to, I have to live with the reality that I am one of these people... But I am not a gentrifier on the level of Ian fucking Eisenberg, who decided to open a weed shop on one of the most historically 
in one of the most historically black districts where people were regularly arrested for selling drugs, and then he opened an actual store when the law allowed for him to sell drugs there legally, despite not having any real connection to the city, and mostly just buying up property in order to sell it at a profit later. Yeah, um, That's what he's doing with the uh, old gas station. You can go down there right now. It's um, on. It's right around 21st and Union. Yeah. There's an old gas station with a taco truck and uh, some benches. It's actually very nice. Yeah. And if Eisenberg had any fucking clue what he was doing and how to relate to the community, that would be the only thing it ever was. It would be a little nice public park space that used to be something. And yeah. now is just benches and a nice place to eat lunch and brings yeah. in some food trucks. But it's never going to be that because the second he has a chance, because you can't sell an old gas station until, I don't know, something like six years out, ten years out. The only thing he's ever going to do is flip it and turn it into fucking condos or something. Right. The guy's a piece of shit. Um, when I found out about this, I almost ordered 400 t-shirts that just said Ian Eisenberg is a piece of shit to distribute around to people I knew. That's not even a joke. Like I have a, it's in my search history. I almost did that. <laughs> <laughs> I almost, I almost spent like eight hundred dollars on Ian Eisenberg as a piece of shit T-shirts before I realized I could not afford this. Right. <laughs> <laughs> not, not a great dude. Yeah. I, he just kind of evil, shitty, just gross. And I, now he's doing this to neighbor lady, which is like, and not even doing it because it's necessary for his own business plans but out of some sort of reactionary bullshit man fuck that dude fuck ian eisenberg ian eisenberg is a piece of shit that guy's a bum yeah that guy's a bum and he's a he's a he's a moderate democrat or he's a he's a he's a hardcore republican masquerading as a moderate democrat that's what he is fucking gross like i don't i don't like that guy i don't like what he he doesn't bring anything to the community his no, he brings, he, he brings nothing. He brings nothing. He damages the community more than anything. He's 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 and like what he'll tell you is he's an employer and having to pay someone more than uh, I don't know seven dollars an hour makes it impossible for him to run his small business. Yeah, there was an yeah. which you know what on that fucking note, um, a lot of re- like restaurateurs in this city like to bitch about how the rising minimum wage makes it impossible for them to run their business at a profit. That's not what's fucking happening. Ethan Stoll is on record in a Seattle Times article saying, if you don't pay people more than minimum wage, you have no chance of hiring actual professionals. Yeah. Which is true. And anyone who says minimum wage is what's killing them is fucking lying. Totally lying. Yeah, yeah it's just that. That's just bullshit. Like, anytime, anytime, like, Someone's like, well, I don't like Kashama Sawant because uh, restaurant people don't like her. No, 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 no. Restaurant owners who are bad restaurant owners don't like Kashama Sawant. <laughs> you got you're getting it twisted here, buddy. And I, I used to see a lot of that when, when this, when this, pri- when this, uh, when the city council race was happening, especially in the primary too, when there was a lot more out there. Yeah, it was wild. Yeah, our local politics are fucking wild, and they are. Especially in the in D three. Anyway, nuts. point is, vote progressive. Vote progressive. Vote. D- don't. Don't. Don't support Ian Eisenberg. Don't go to Uncle Ike's. It's yeah. just. It's whack. Let's go literally anywhere else. Go ahead and order. I would. I encourage you to order a T shirt that says Ian Eisenberg is a piece of shit. Ian Eisenberg is a piece of shit.
That's what we should name this podcast. <laughs> I'm for that. It could welcome a lot, a lot weirder shit than <laughs> what we're used to. But ah, whatever. There's a bunch of people like this is supposed to be about Ian Eisenberg, and I'm just hearing about like fucking Lamar Jackson and the Astro sign stealing thing for an hour. Well, we'll see. What, we'll see if this makes it to the uh, to the cold open, which I think it might. Because <laughs> it we're at 144. <laughs> God, how do we do this every week? We do it every week. <laughs> All right, this has been All Sports Are Bad. That is Patrick JCS. I am wildly pointless. You can listen to us on the thing you're listening to us right now, where you listen to any major podcast, iTunes, Spotify, whatever, Google Play, all that fun stuff, SoundCloud. Stitch, uh, Stitcher. Uh, are we on Pandora? Are we on Pandora? I don't know. Probably. I should probably get on Pandora. I don't know why I haven't done no one, that. Actually, no one uses Pandora except people like me who are like bartenders who need something to like play innocuous music. Yeah. So I wouldn't worry about that one. Yeah, unless you want to play us uh, in, a, in a random bar, random bar, any random bartender listening <laughs> wants to play us in a bar. Uh, I don't recommend it, but <laughs> please do. I don't think they. I don't think your guests would like it, but also go right ahead. That sounds fine. Sorry, uh, Seahawks fans, because uh, you're not going to watch your team I'm sorry to Seahawks fans because their team is whack. A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Fuck Ian Eisenberg. Fuck Ian Eisenberg. Bye, everyone. Have a good night.